You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm just going to start off the top by saying this has been a week for me. Woo, it's been a week. Uh, maybe that's all the 2020, really. So I was excited about this episode, about this guest I have coming up because I just need some laughs. I need a little bit of real talk, you know, just kind of escape for like 30 minutes or so. So my guest for today has been named one of the 10 comedians you need to know. That's according to Rolling Stones. Also, check this out. She's a correspondent on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. She has an animated series called The Great North. And she is the host of a podcast named That Black Ass Show. <laughs> you see, it never gets old for me. I had to have her introduce that because nobody else says it like her. And that's Dulce Sloan. Dulce, thank you for joining me. Hello, friend. <laughs> so how's it? How is I have to start off with because you going I know you're gonna give us the real talk and let us know how is quarantine life because you are the hardest working person I know in quarantine. So tell us how that's been for you. Um, I got a couple jobs. I got two green screens, a ring light. Um I have designated boxes that I use to prop uh, cameras and uh, laptops and, you know, and iPads for me to use teleprompters. I've got a grits box that I'm trying to get in the union. So, oh wow. Yeah, I've got like designated stuff like, all right, if I take this stool and put this box on it and then put this here. So, yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot, friend. Hey, you're not playing games. See, I don't have the green screen. I had to get stuff to put laptops and stuff on, but yeah, I didn't have to do all that. Man, there you go, guys. Inside a tip. How you turn your house into a studio? Yeah, the show was like, because first we were trying to do like the white wall and, you know, the show was like, well, you should get a green screen. So they sent me a green screen and then the green screen um, wasn't like, I'm only five, four, but the green screen wasn't wide enough. So like when I would, open, yeah. like when you just put your arms out to make a gesture. Right, right. Yeah it would be like, it would like stop like right at my elbows and they're like, Oh, cause the green, I think the screen's only like five feet wide, maybe. Mm -hmm. So they had to send me a bigger green screen. So now I got two green screens. Um, I have all the sound equipment for the cartoon and I'm doing this show for E called 10 things. You don't know about your favorite celebrities. Um, oh, wow. There you go. That's the juice right there. That's the inside drama and everything. Right. So there's the, that show and then the cartoon and then I've got different work. I got another recorder and stuff for um doing voiceovers and stuff for Daily Show and mm -hmm. it's just and then recording my own podcast so you know doing that record because we would do because once quarantine started I right. contacted my producer and I was like remember all those people that we couldn't get because they were busy she was like yeah I said well everybody home so <laughs> exactly yep so I would do two or three interviews a week on top of still doing uh, all the other jobs on top of still doing daily show and whatever right. I had to do. So it's been, 
it's been a time in quarantine, girl. We've been we've been working. She's been working. She's been out here. Well, she's been in here. Uh, mm-hmm. Just but still working. So that's good. Yes, definitely still working. So, well, let me ask you because this is one of the things. This is one of the reasons I'm a fan um, because of how real, real you are and how authentic you are. Um, when you get when I get to hear you on um, the Black Ass Show, when I get to see your your um, um, what dual saying on um uh with with Trevor Noah, just the different aspects of you just being real and not yeah. holding anything back. When was that moment for you where you were like, okay, I'm comfortable with that side of myself? Because that's not easy for people to do. Um, I think it's because I don't ever remember not speaking that way. Um. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, sometimes, like, I think just growing up, like, I was accustomed to, like, that's how all the black women around me spoke. Yeah. That's how, I guess, from just even, I guess, because I grew up mostly in Atlanta, you know, that's how, like, a lot of the white women around me spoke. Mm, just how, yeah. like, a lot of the women around me were just like, we're not, we're not, girl, we're not doing any of this. Or it's, I have, I've, I'm not good with this situation. None of us are good with this situation. That's just how a lot of the women around me, growing up spoke yeah so that's just what I was accustomed to hearing and for me a lot of times it's I see it as you know sticking up for myself because there's a lot of time as you know just women in general it's we'll let stuff slide sometimes as yeah you know you don't want to be because people think I'm combative and argumentative and I'm not that way it's just I would rather say something now Mm, be like, yeah. hey, I'm not really cool with any of the stuff that's happening right now. Or, right. yes, this is perfect. Thank you. I love it. As opposed to later on when I'm genuinely annoyed and then it looks like I'm blowing up. And I was like, no, I wasn't happy beforehand and you didn't want to take the cues. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to this guessing game, it's like, nope, I like this and here's why. Or, you know, and I have different ways of putting stuff where it's like, I don't think that's going to work for me. Or don't, do we think we have another option here? I've, I mean, right. I've enough customer service jobs to know how to convey that information. But I'm just, I'm very, I've had to learn to be very protective of myself. Yeah. And I think in a way of protecting myself and taking care of myself is making sure that I'm never, that I'm rarely in situations where I'm not comfortable. Mm, that's hard thing to do. That's, it is. I, mean, I, had to learn, I, I admire that, but it's very hard to do. Yeah. I had to learn how to do it. I had to learn how to be, you know, tactful about it. Um, and sometimes just knowing that me not being tactful sometimes is probably the best way for this to go. Also, I've been in situations where it's, you know, I'm not just speaking up for me. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of that came from because, you know, I've been in situations where, you know, people don't want to say something or they don't want to make people mad. Or I'm like, listen, folks already think I'm going to be aggressive. They're already going to think I'm going to be mad and loud. So let's just lean into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think as a I'm black lady here? You think I'm going to be loud? You think I'm going to be upset? You think I'm going to be angry? Fine. Right. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. Every time you have a black woman in a room, yeah. Right. So since you're assuming those things, then let me use your ignorance to benefit me and whoever is with me. 
Mm. That need to be on the shirt right there. Hmm? I said that needs to be on the shirt. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, because it's Let like... Let your I- ignorance benefit me. I, I feel like that needs to be a statement or something for this, what's going on in 2020. Oh yeah, let me let your yeah, let your ignorance benefit me. It's you know, I was at a comedy festival one time and um it was an all girls so all the female com all the female comics um were um female identifying comics were on a show. Yeah. And the organizer of the festival had taken a lot of the guys and a lot of the industry to a um a party at another location. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the girls were upset because they're like, what's the point of us having the show if the industry left and a lot of the other comics left? So, and this was a comedy festival that I was competing in, but this is 10 of my friends going, why are we here? What is the point of this? Why would they do this? to Like, it was just, they were all upset, but they didn't want to say anything. Because one, you're in a festival. Two, you don't want to piss off the people running the festival. You don't want to, you know, look bad in front of industry. You don't want to right. do any of that. But when the dude running the festival got there, I was like, yo. He's like, what? I was like, what are you doing? He's like, what? I was like, hey, man, come here, dog. I'm like, listen, you took we're, you put this show together to benefit us, but then you took all of the industry and took them somewhere else. Well, yeah. And I'm like, I understand what you're saying. Somebody wanted a bachelor party. Fine, 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 fine. But you have to understand how that looks to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can't say that you're benefiting us and then take away the benefit. Yep. And I knew all these girls were upset and I was just like, I can't. And they're all like, don't say, what should we do? And everyone's asking me what we should do. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we got to say something. Yeah, kept going. He was like, well, and I was like, I get what you're saying. I hear you, but you have to see how this looks. You have to look at the optics of this. Run this festival. This doesn't look good on you. And it's not beneficial to us. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be the one to say something, but everyone else was like, I was mad too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like. All these, and then it was like, and I, and also that it was not only that is we weren't even included in the thing that they were doing. So you gave us this show, then you took away the industry, then we couldn't even participate in what you were doing. So you've excluded us and taken away the benefit. What is the point of all of this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And fun. Mm, That's very interesting. Yeah. For, uh, and you're talking about female comedians too, which really brings something else to the light. Yeah. Right. And, you know, fun fact, I did end up winning this competition. So, hey, there you go. Just so you know. Um, but it was like, <laughs> I mean, the situation was like, well, we don't know if we should say something. And they were all upset to say something. I'm like, listen, I knew a lot of the industry at the festival because some of them were actually some of my reps. But I was like, at the yeah. same time, I was like, also, this isn't right. So even if I didn't really know them, I would have still been like, hey, man, this was. This was hurtful and they don't, right. and they're not going to say anything, but I know that can affect their performance later. So I didn't want it to affect them. So that's why I said something, but I would really didn't want to be the one to say anything, but you know, they always look at us to say something. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I just need a little bit at the rub off on me. Cause it'll, it'll take me to a certain level where I have to do it, but I don't do it all the time. And I probably should do a little bit more. <laughs> well, I realize like if I just say something at, 
when I'm first upset, then it True. kind of stops yep. from like popping off because it's like I'm not marinating on it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about what was it about podcasting? Um, Because I want to hear your response on that first, why you got into podcasting, um, how you started the Black Ass Show. And then I want to talk about some of the episodes that I thought were really cool. Okay. Um, I actually was pitching to Starburns a different podcast mm-hmm. and they pitched. And then Judith Carbo, who's um, a black woman, she's a producer over at Starburns. She pitched the idea to me and I was like, oh yeah, I love this. Forget mine. Let's yeah. do this one. So <laughs> it just ended up being like, she had a great idea and I was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And then when we, she was a new producer there. And so they were saying, okay, so, you know, Judith is new. So we're going to find you somebody else. And I was like, you can't No. Like, what do you mean? I was yeah. like, I'm not doing, this is her idea. Also, she's the only, is she, are there other black people that work here? Can you give oh, me? That's a question. Yeah. And they're like, well, and I was like, if you can't give me a black producer, and it's not her because this is her idea. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And they were really trying to give me someone else, which I understand. They were trying to give me someone who had more experience, which I completely understand. But this was one, her idea. So she, I wanted her involved. And two, if you couldn't give me another black person, she had to be involved. Yeah. Because there's other people that are, are work in different capacities, but she wouldn't have been the main producer. And I really fought for her to be the main producer because it was her idea. And she's a black woman. And I wanted to work with a black person on a podcast about black movies where I'm talking to black people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. It always makes sense in the entertainment industry, but it makes sense to me. I just, I mean, it, was, it wasn't to me. And they were like, Oh yeah, we completely understand. They were just looking, trying to give me someone with more experience. And I was like, cool. And I was like, is there someone she can work with to help her? And they're like, oh, right. cool. And they completely understood where I was coming from because they were just trying to benefit me. And I was like, I understand. Thank you so much. I, she has to do this. So yeah. I made sure that since it was her idea, especially that she had to be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just, and I love the way you did that. Um, You know, us sticking together, pulling each other up because they never, when you're talking about behind the scenes like that, that's always like a second thought. And it's like, okay, we're talking about um black people in these shows. We're talking about black shows, black producer. Why is it always, oh, well, let me go to somebody else that has more experience, but has nothing, knows nothing about the culture, won't be able to approach it right. So I love that you really fought for that. And we're like, okay, listen, we have to do it like this or I can't do it. Because you know how that looks when you have somebody behind you that doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah, like, because I can't, like, there's just references they're not going to get. There's, like, I grew up with, like, I grew up in a, like, for a long time, we lived in a predominantly Latino, predominantly Mexican neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. So there were just things that I learned as a kid that I just know that other Black people don't know. Because they didn't grow up in a Latino area. Right. Yeah. Same way that I know there's certain references I'm not going to get for other people's cultures. There's references that you won't get about my culture if you're not part of the culture and we're doing a podcast that's about our culture. So 
when whatever, because that's why, especially because, and especially because she pitched it. I was like, no, I really need her to do it. And they're like, okay, that's cool. Like they completely understood. Mm -hmm. But I was like, yeah, I need her here. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And that's a conversation that you have to have, which is very important. Like I hope everybody thinking of starting something, getting into podcast and any um, cause right now it's all about like, okay, I don't have anywhere to go right now. So it's like right in your face when it comes to TV movies, these people need to be behind the scenes on certain projects. I mean, it just makes a, it makes a huge difference where, especially when you're talking about certain cultures. Mm-hmm. So I love it by the way. Okay. Speaking of which, since you brought up growing up and everything, one of the things when you did the Thea Vidal episode, you mentioned that, um, you had a middle-class upbringing, totally my story as well growing up but I didn't share it with what I found interesting because you were saying the same thing I didn't share it with a lot of people because you were afraid I was always afraid of what they were going to say about it or they or you know most people for people of color or black people they don't think they think it's either either well actually no they just think you come from like a poorer neighborhood or something and don't have certain access to certain things oh yeah I did a college one time and a girl from the school like some girl the newspaper came up to me and she was like so what was it like growing up in the ghetto? And I was like, I don't, I don't know what you mean. And she's like, well, just asking like, you know, your experience growing up in the ghetto. I said, um, I wouldn't know. I didn't grow up there. Yeah. Also, why did you start with that question? Why didn't you say, how was your, ch-? you automatically went, you saw me. Mm-hmm. And not to say that there aren't, and not to say one, we're obviously not saying that that's anything, there's anything wrong with that, but right. for you to come fresh out the gate and automatically assume, that's like me walking up to any white person and was like, so what was it like growing up rich and going skiing? Like, what? No, I didn't. Right. Yeah. I didn't do that. Or walking up to someone who's Latino. So it was like when you crossed the border and it was like, I was born here. My parents were born here. My grandparents were born here. Hell are you talking mm-hmm. about? So it's just right. assumptions about someone just based off of how they look. And it's just like, girl, um, where, what advisor is running your newspaper? Because I would really love to get you fired. Honestly. Right. But yeah, it's stuff like that. But, you know, growing up in the suburbs and being in Atlanta, you know, nobody ever knew we were from until the Migos popped up. They're like, you're from where? <laughs> that is true. That's true. Yeah. What part of it? Yeah, Atlanta? leave it to the Migos. You know the nice mall your mother takes you to? Yeah, I live out there. Oh, okay. With the white folks. Yes, that's why I speak this way before you ask me. Yes, that is. And that's another thing. What is with the, you talk, people talk white. I don't know. People just have, people just need to stop judging each other. I guess that's the bottom line. Because I just feel like I've heard that. I've heard that too growing up. It's just like, why is everybody always judging somebody else? Well, it's, you know, like, but I've also heard because of how I speak and how I carry myself. But it's like, you know, I have a joke about being second generation suburbs. So Mm -hmm. it's not only did I grow up like this, but my mother, like my grandmother made sure that we spoke a certain way. We acted a certain way. that we just carried ourselves in a certain way way and I've always been confused with if I understand that patterns of speech can be associated with different types of people because I find it so interesting that when everybody talks about somebody racist they always do a southern accent as if racism doesn't occur in the rest of the United States and the entire planet Um, right but that's what but that is the way that 
white people outside of the South and black people as well, and Americans in general have just tacked on that the only places in America that have ever really been racist is the Mm -hmm. South. And it's just like, oh, you don't remember the yellow laws in California? You don't remember what we did when we took Mexico from Mexico? Mm. Or the fact that black people couldn't live in the, like it's endemic, it's systematic, most segregated city in the country, Chicago. That's not the South. Yeah. But we have all of these labels that we put on things. And I'm just like, if this makes y'all feel better, great. But if you can point me to a place in America that's not racist, black people will move today. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be ready. That's why I was, I was really wishing Wakanda was real. When I finished, I, that's what I was wishing. <laughs> when I finished Black Panther. Girl, I remember being in Atlanta, the Atlanta airport around that movie came out and one of the gates said Wakanda. And I was like, you know what? Y'all silly. Y'all silly. <laughs> I get the motivation though, but y'all, but literally one of the gates in the Delta terminal said Wakanda on it. And people just watch, oh. and you do the thing, you know, cross your arms yeah. on the chest and then go get your flight to Cleveland. So, <laughs> not to Cleveland. Girl, oh, man. But I'm telling you, if Wakanda was real, everybody be gone right now. I'm just trying to say. I mean, it's hidden. There's a force field around it. They'd catch us though. We'd be too loud with it. They would catch That's us. That's true. They That's true. Them. Yeah, we we would get called. We would try though. It would be a good a good we effort. Try, but it's just like okay, we really got to shh, listen, yeah. listen. <laughs> that it, that's hard for people. Listening is hard. So yeah, we'd be in trouble. Quiet. They're gonna catch us. We took a plane. Listen, but if there's flights, we got we would have had to go to like a decoy place and then. Cook. Oh snap! Yeah, we would have. Yep. Yeah, you can't have direct flights. Then they know where it is. We would have had to go to a decoy spot and then fly in from the, on their own airline in an invisible plane. That's what you would have had to do. You couldn't take a flight straight mm. there. That's how they catch yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We would, yeah. I would probably definitely be called in because I wasn't thinking of none of that. Yeah. You, you ready. You got the plan. Girl, you always got to be out for some covert ops, friend. For real. Yeah, you do. You do. And speaking of which, now I don't want to, I got to touch on this because actually I had a couple topics I want to touch off because um of the dual saying that you do with Trevor Noah, how you really break it down for yeah. Different topics that we have going on, um, different things we have going on for Black people, Black community. So, since we're talking about Wakanda, Chadwick Boseman, um, the passing of the King, y'all, was really hard for me. That's one of the things I was talking about this week. It's been hard. The date we're recording this. Um, what? Just give me. I'll just go with give me your thoughts, and hopefully that did, did not just tear you up because I've been all week. I've been all week on the verge of looking at tributes, not looking at them because I'm like I don't want to go. I don't want to pull myself back in there. Well, this is the thing. I feel so bad, Fran. Um, I don't have a... I understand. This is the thing. Yeah. He has given so much back to us. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, literally giving the babies hope. Um, It's not only let us see ourselves in a certain way, but I feel like... I feel like Black Panther... What the way it was for us was confirming what we knew we are, mm-hmm. and then for other people showing them who we are. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we already knew we had this in us. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was Black Panther wasn't a surprise to us. 
No. Seeing us being great wasn't a surprise to us. Right. It was confirmation for us and it was solidifying how we've always felt and how they told us we are. And, and getting able and being able to see it and have something tangible to hold on to and to see the entire world that maybe that would made billions of dollars. Yeah. All over the planet. Which the world needed to see. We knew, but they needed to know it. Right. And so they needed to know it. So I think as much as it was significant for us and it gave us a unifying thing, we've had unifying things for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a unifying thing we needed for right now because we, I mean, Spawn came out when I was in what? In the late mm. 90s with Michael Jai White. But, yeah, that's what was, I about. Yeah. but he was a flawed superhero. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't a king. He was a, he was a victim of circumstance who had to come out of it. Yep. This was a king. Mm-hmm. And they've always told us we were kings. And we've seen that we are kings. So other people seeing us as we know that we are was very significant. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest takeaway from this was it it confirmed who we were and then informed other people. Yeah. Because y'all... Absolutely, yeah. Because people have spent so long looking at us like we were lesser and Mm -hmm. that we weren't as great as we know we are. Yeah. And so for people to be able to see that, that was the significance so much for that movie. Because when people were upset, it's like, this movie didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Of course it didn't get nominated for an Oscar. It's a superhero movie. Yeah. When does a superhero movie? If you look at the story, of course it didn't get nominated for an Oscar. But the thing is, did it need to be? Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Because hmm. I know we wanted the recognition, but when have you seen a superhero movie get nominated for an Oscar? For the story? No. For costuming, music, editing? Always. Hmm. See, that's an interesting point, though, because, you know, being the nerd that I am, you're like, well, this superhero new movie needs an Oscar, needs to be nominated. But you make a point. I mean, it's a superhero movie, so you know that's not even touching Oscars. Um, comedies don't get nominated for best pictures and they can be comedies full of white folks that's another thing yeah I don't get that I mean I don't know for me it's always been with the Oscars that the categories I don't get sometimes like the stuff that's not included in certain categories I don't get sometimes because that's another point comedies aren't either right and it's like for it to be great acting it's I've done I mean I've been acting since I was a child Mm -hmm. so it is so much harder to make somebody laugh than to get them to yeah. cry for you. Yeah. And I don't understand why those things are not, I don't know. I mean, I guess we never will. Cause I guess you would have to be the one behind the curtain knowing what's going on. But I just don't understand why those things are secluded from certain categories mm. is what I don't get. Like if they're, if they're bringing in the money, you said like it, cause it's super hard to make somebody laugh. Right. But also- like people don't realize. Mm-hmm. It is, but some of them movies, it's like, some of the movies are big blockbusters, but that's why uh, Friday was hilarious. That's a movie yep. that should have been nominated for an Oscar. Talladega Nights was also hilarious. Don't nobody hilarious. 
But that movie, yeah. Super Bad, was funny. That's not getting nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, that's not even. Yeah, How to Be a Player was great. Soul Plane was fun. Name a. <laughs> Yeah, no, like it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining now the Oscar ticket, um, Soul Plane for best. <laughs> I'm just, best I'm just trying to think, see that on Best Picture. Like that would be that would be hilarious. Best to me. Picture, Soul Plane. I would have lost my mind. Yes, you and everybody else. Like that would have been hilarious. I would have loved I'm that sorry. personally. But yeah, it's so I can. But I said all that to say. I don't usually cry when celebrities die because I don't know them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see it, you know, people do have an impact on your life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, like my homeboy said, yo, bro, he wasn't texting me. Um, mm-hmm. Also, celebrities just be dying. So that's a lot of people to be attached to. Um, yeah, it is hard. It's hard these days. It's hard. It's, it's hard. It's set. But I don't, I think the thing that was truly sad about this was that he had colon cancer. Nobody knew and he was losing weight from it. And he had to turn off the comments and stuff on his social media because people were attacking him for his weight loss. And I was, and I saw, you know, some of the pictures that they put up and I was like, this man is obviously ill. Yeah, see, I just thought he was getting ready for a role, but I didn't think to attack. Like, I was I was surprised at how many people are just going straight in attacking. I just he thought maybe he attacked. was working on something else. Oh, people always attack. That's people stay in attack mode. People are attackful. People on the internet stay in attack mode because they can't. That's the thing. It's like, I... That's true, yeah. You know, I posted one day and I was like, I'm really... They said on Twitter one day, I was like, I really don't understand what the point is of people just saying hateful stuff to folks, but you think it's going to get you a response faster. And then this other guy said, well, I post nice stuff and people don't say anything to me. And another girl posted, it was like, if your whole point of saying something nice was to get to somebody to respond, then it wasn't a genuine comment anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. See, if everybody, everybody had your lens going into social media, it'd be a lot easier to navigate. I mean, what I learned very quickly is that uh you came to my page i didn't come to yours there you go yeah anything that is posted can be anything you post on my page i can delete if you say something to me ugly on me on twitter i can hide it yeah you can yeah i don't have to interact with you i don't have to say anything to anybody but people, right. want, but people want engagement and they've learned that saying something negative is the best way to get engagement. That's not the best way to get engagement from me. Yeah. Because I'm not going to pay you no mind. I don't have time for this. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, there's just not enough time for people that are just sitting at home really. Cause they just, I mean, you don't have nothing to do, but it's like, I don't feel like that's an excuse for the way people are attacking people on Twitter, IG, just like just people sitting there, just waiting folks before this pandemic. People been talking folks since black planet, uh, me hente, my space. Oh, yeah. College yeah. That's true. People have been ugly and attackful on the internet since day one. Honestly, I don't really know what the full benefit of social media even is. Well, I mean, we'll see. 
I guess you get a different because you're um, being a comedian. You probably have a different response to this. But I always thought it was the reaction you can get from the fans when they're not when it's not like crazy people just trying to get in DMs or whatever or sending you stuff that's not appropriate. I would just think it was originally just because you can interact with people quicker, but it's turning into something dangerous from there. But I'm not even talking about but my perspective as someone who is on television. I'm talking about the regular person. Oh, yeah. I mean, basically just to tweet what you ate for dinner, probably. Right. Well, I mean, one of my friends, I did have to stop following her because it was literally like, just woke up this morning, going to eat breakfast, just ate breakfast, about to take a shower, just took a shower. And I'm like, who asked for this? <laughs> your whole life routine You have 80 followers. Who asked for a play-by-play of your morning, your evening, and afternoon? Ma'am. That Whoa. is true. That's literally what you use it for. Right. I'm just like, this is the wildest. Please write this down somewhere else. Um, but it's, you know, like the concept of like cyberbullying, which I always thought was insane because I'm like, just get off the computer. Um, yeah. but there's stuff like that. Folks just being ugly and posting pictures and just, it's like, you know, California had to pass a, a revenge porn law. I'm like, what are we doing? I thought this was just a place to be like, Hey, my kid got an A on a test. I made this sandwich. It was tasty. And it's like. Too many places, like the news doesn't need, like Channel 5 doesn't need a comment section. Like, why does the news have a comment section? That's true. Yeah, there, you got me on that one. Yeah, I have no idea about that one. I, I just, I'm trying, I feel like we've gotten out of the original purpose of it. Like, I understand. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're done. Yeah, we're done with the original reason it was created. No, because yeah, we're completely done with it. Because, like, it was good. Like, I've been on, face, I've been on Facebook since 2005. Yep. I have to go through and unfriend people because I'm like, who the hell is this? Who the hell is it? Who the hell? Who are these people? Um, yeah, you. I, yeah, I have no idea who are some of these people. Yeah, that that friend me. So yeah, I'm you know, with you. But I, I think with some like as, for me, it's good because it's like you know my podcast is coming out and I have this coming out and I understand the engagement that way. Yeah, but when it's just regular people just hating on each other, I was like, no, I don't want to say regular people, but it's when people who don't have a fan base. Like if you're trying yeah. to do this way to keep in contact with your family or friends you used to know, fine. But it's like, why are you just hopping on random peaches pages just to tell them, you know, that their shoes are ugly. Like you ain't got nothing else to do today. Yeah. It's just like another way. Like I can't see you. I'm not going to take you in person. I'm just going to find a way on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Instagram to get a rise out of you. It's, it's the oddest thing because there's and like the idea of trolling and like the idea of just like, you have nothing beneficial to say, so you're just going to insight. It's just, it's, it's hurtful for the sake of being hurtful. And I don't think it benefits anyone. And it's like, it's not funny. It's just hurtful. Um, yeah. Me and my friends, we, you know, we grew up jawning and dozens, whatever you call it. So we grew mm-hmm. up, you know, messing with each other, but this is a whole, you don't even know me. That's, yeah. that's what I can't get behind. But that was an unnecessary tangent. You were going to ask me about my podcast. I apologize. Oh no no! I love this is this is why no this is exactly why I had you on here. I I love the tangents and the and the truth talk that we're getting here. Um, but I was gonna ask you, are you good on time? By the way, though, because I have one more topic I want to bring up because it's gonna bring me into uh, Great North. Are okay, you are you good? Okay. You, epi- you said you had episodes of the podcast you wanted to ask me about. Yeah, so we had the the Thea Vidal. We had um yes. uh, Justin Simon, Dear White People. Of course, I love that. That was another one of my favorites that you did. Um, there was, okay. There was the scandal one. Um, now I was going to ask you about that one because, and I, you know, besides enjoying all the scandal talk, cause scandal was my show. 
Yes. I wanted to ask you about, um, let's see here. So you were talking about how, um, basically I remember the line of, I will be your muse, but not your employee, which I thought was really important for people. Like when people try to bring you on, um, I, I forgot, I'm trying to think of the, oh, the guests you, you had on that day. You're called black talking about how people will hit us up or will hit yep. her up and be like, yep. Hey, I've got this idea. You should write it up. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what she's here for. If you have right. an idea, then present her with the entire idea. She works. She produces TV shows. She writes on TV shows. She doesn't need you to go, hey, I got this idea. Now all you have to do is write it up. No, 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 no. No. Yeah. Idea is so great. You write it the fuck up. What are you talking about? Right. And I thought that was important because people always try to get away with that. I just thought that was a really interesting point. Um, especially when you're talking about in this day and age, because everybody's trying to get more creative in a sense, but then they're like, oh, well, can you just, can you just do that part for me? Or can you do this part? And then I'll do the other part. No, like I had a woman come up to me after a comedy show, uh, like last, literally last week. And she was like, and she was like, oh, I've got a joke for you. And I just went, no. She's like, what? And I was like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I've got an idea of the, for that joke that you said about it. I'm like, I'm good. Thank you so much. Right. And she's like, uh, okay. And I was sitting there with another comic and you, she, and it's a younger comic. She's like, you're not going to let her tell you our idea. I was like, I don't care what that lady's idea was. If another comic comes up to me right. and goes, hey, I've got an idea for a tag or I've got an idea for a joke for you. I know this person knows what the creative process is. Also, right. if I take a joke from some woman off the street, then it's now her messaging me. Well, are you using my joke? Or are you going to pay me for my joke? And da 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 da. Well, where can I post you use my joke? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Mm, yeah. You're telling me this joke is not for my benefit, it's for your benefit, and I don't know you. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Like, people don't, I didn't even, my mind didn't even go there. That is a good point. She would definitely be like, okay, you use my joke. In this stand up, in this blah blah blah, whatever, just to get you know, had that paycheck coming in. That's that's important, yeah. And also, that's not how that works because if you gave me a joke, it's mine. I owe you zero dollars. Yeah, but people like, I mean, how many times are people going common sense first? They're just like, oh, I can sue her because she said my joke, right? And then what you did when you gave me the joke, and I say I'm not paying you for this, you go okay. You've given up every right to the intellectual property for that joke. Also, you can't do that with jokes. I can't hmm. go and yeah. I can't copy. You, you understand? Like, it's not, it's not the same thing. Like, I don't know if I can, I don't know any comic who has copywritten their set. That's how Carlos. Oh, wow. Got That's a good point. I never thought about that. That's hmm. how Carlos okay. Mencia got in trouble because he got caught stealing other comics material. Wow. Yeah. See, I never thought about that. Okay. And then now he's back because the general public doesn't care. That a comic stole another comic's jokes. Comics care. Yeah. But the general public hmm. is just like, well, I hope as long as it's funny, I don't care who wrote it. But yeah, you, as long as they feel like they didn't waste some money coming to the show. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Right. But hmm. they stole from me. I you stole time from me. You put time into creating material. You put time into create to molding that joke and making it good and making it per- and making it the best it can be and if someone steals that joke from you you literally stole time out of my life from me 
And there's so there's nothing for comedians to do about that. They're like, there's no kind of protect. There's no kind of um, what am I looking for? Compensation. I was gonna say protection. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because I just that's a good point. I never thought about that. Like you can have a whole, you know, your whole stand up routine, and somebody just takes like a little chunk out of that and add it to theirs. The only thing that can really protect you is if like my set that I did on TV. Yeah. If someone tries to use that material, I have the protection of it being on TV and I could try to see okay. damages because I have proof I have been paid for these jokes. Okay. Yeah. I was one. I was, cause I was getting ready to say, I was like, that's gotta be, that's not cool for comedians. Cause I was like, cause I could just see somebody just, you know, somebody up and coming, somebody working on something. I mean, that would, to me, that wouldn't be the way you get your career started, but I could just see somebody trying to take a chunk out of your show, out of some, you know, other comedian shows and just like, oh, well, I'm just going to put it with something else and, you know, nobody's going to pay it any mind. It doesn't matter. That's why a lot of times when people steal, they steal from open micers or they steal from comics who haven't been on TV. Because I caught a comic stealing when I was mm-hmm. at a, uh, I was at a conference for colleges and called NACA. And so you go as a comic and perform and you're basically auditioning for like X number of colleges to perform there throughout the school year. And yeah. so I'm standing backstage and I'm hearing this joke and I was like, wait a minute. I know that joke from a dude in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me look this up. So I get back to Atlanta and I'm like, yo, dude seems to be who stole from who? So yeah. I couldn't remember the dude's name and I'm in LA like a month later and I'm like, yo, I saw somebody do. And I was like, that joke you were doing. I said, yeah, I heard a dude in Atlanta doing it. He was like, what now? So he showed me that he'd been doing the joke for the past three years. That kid hadn't even been doing stand up that long. I get back to Atlanta and it's like, well, yeah, I stole it because you know, with all this pressure and put it in it. So he'd gone online, found material from comedians that were the same background as him same age group as him and was just doing their material at shows in atlanta and i caught him and then everybody found out so because one of my friends caught him doing someone else's material at another Mm. festival so two of us we were like what do we do and then everybody just found out this kid calls me crying i'm like suddenly crying on the phone to me you should be writing jokes yeah, that that probably would be the smarter choice. Man, I, I just I don't understand people like that. I mean, that just to me it just makes sense for you to do, put in the work. But I mean, I guess it's not everybody. Not everybody wants to put in. Why would they put in the work when they can get the benefit immediately? That doesn't make any sense. Um, if you're just like a you know a, a TV enthusiast, somebody just watches movies all the time, that kind of stuff that you guys are really breaking down about the behind the scenes, especially when it comes to people of color in front and behind the camera was just a lot of, it was just so revealing. So yeah, I highly recommend that episode for the listeners to go check that out. But yeah, it was just a lot of just good points that she made. And then, like you said, a lot of it hasn't changed. I mean, and it's amazing how now people are like, Oh, well you think I should have had that person in that writer's room or I should have moved them over. Cause now it's like Hollywood is, is they're slowly coming back cause they're trying to figure out a plan, but you're still having to face the fact that this is what's going on in Hollywood. Cause you're not going anywhere. So you're looking at all this stuff now that you were trying to ignore before. Well, it's it's always been like, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. But it's, you know, sometimes it would get reflected backwards. Just like, well, we don't have. It goes back to the you need experience to get a job, but you need a job to get experience. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
as in you're telling me that we're not here, but you're not giving us the opportunity. It's like you're not giving anybody but the same people the opportunity. So how are they supposed to gain the experience to get the job? Because you can't say we're not out here when you didn't give us the job. So that is just in it, you know, and it's, it doesn't change unless I think the thing we've all learned with all of the protests and stuff that has happened is that America needs to stop looking at black people and asking us to prove our worth and humanity. And it's, yep, stop, there you go. Stop asking us. We literally can't fix this. Yeah. We literally can't. You cannot, the, the abuser cannot look at the victim and go, tell me how to stop abusing you. That's literally not how this works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's literally, I feel like that's the definition of what's going on right now that people just still don't get. Like the, as many protests as you'll have, um, people just don't. It's just like, that's the hardest concept for people to get. We cannot tell you how to fix this. That's been going on for years. We can't. If you are the walls and foundation of a house, you cannot dismantle the house. Yeah. We are the foundation of this country. We literally built the White House. Yeah. Yeah. Or the fact that we've been telling you, have you been listening? If people have been, you know, they always say, well, can you tell me about this or tell me about that? I mean, I feel like, um, like you said, I feel like for years, um, black people, people of color have been telling you this. Are you listening, though, is my question. I mean... Like, yeah, like if I didn't create this and I can't control this, then I can't, I can't cure it. I can't stop it. We didn't start Mm. systematic racism. We don't control systematic racism. We can't stop systematic racism because we're not the ones in power. The buses got desegregated because somebody wrote a law, but the reason they had to get these, but the reason they were segregated in the first place. They were segregated in the first place. Yeah. That was a law. Right. They were segregated in the first place. We protested. They did not desegregate the buses because they all of a sudden had sympathy for us. They desegregated the buses because the buses almost went bankrupt because the strike lasted over a year, year and a half. The bus boycott lasted like 18 months, I believe. So it was like, oh, Mm, crap, we're going to run out of money. All right, let these black people sit wherever they want to sit. Right. Mm. Kennedy had yeah. to get killed for them to pass the Civil Rights Act. So you're telling us we can't loot, we can't riot, we can't tear nothing up. But all America has shown me is looting and rioting and tearing shit up. Yeah. What was the precip- precipitating factor of a rev- revolutionary war? The Boston Tea Party. Y'all taught me that. Mm-hmm. But what happened during the Boston Tea Party? A bunch of white men disguised themselves as Native Americans and destroyed property. Yeah, there you go. Yep, so taking us back to history class is there. Right. That's what we taught. So you, this was this revolutionary act and we're acting against the British and, you know, taxation without representation and blah, da 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 But what you didn't do is do it in your own skin. Yep, yep. So when people talked about it, it was who did this? 
oh, these Native Americans, you know, at the time they were calling them Indians, but it was, they did this. They destroyed this property. Or did they know it was a bunch of white boys dressed like this? Mm. The Civil War. Yes, that's all the questions right there. All the questions. Slavery did not end because of the Civil War in, in a way that the Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation happened and slaves were freed, not to, not in the way of Lincoln and everyone saw the humanity of black people and saw that there were Africans who were taken from their homeland and put into slavery. It's not, we didn't do it as a vocation. The slaves didn't come from Africa. Mm -hmm. People were brought from Africa and then enslaved. And I've made Mm -hmm. sure since this happened, I had to change my way of saying that. Yeah. Because when you say, oh, and the slaves came from Africa, it makes it sound like, oh, this is what they do. No, these are people living their lives who were stolen from a homeland and then forced into servitude, right? So right. the yep. Emancipation Proclamation happens, you free the slaves. Why? Not because you see that these are humans who have been enslaved for 230 something years. It was, if you end slavery, it will cripple the South and you can win a war. Yeah. The South rebelled. It it was a treasonous act. You didn't do it because y'all felt that we should be people. No, it was done to financially cripple an enemy. It had nothing to do with us as human beings at all. Yeah. And so what the difference is, is I've talked to friends who grew up in um, New York, you know, and up here, and it's... Mm-hmm. It's seen as this altruistic thing that Lincoln did because he felt bad for them. No, but I grew up in Atlanta. So the way they taught it yeah. to us was actually, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. and it sounds crazy, but they actually taught us the truth. The truth was Lincoln didn't do it because he felt bad. He did it as a way to cripple the South, which is the actual truth. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard. Well, yeah. Cause I'm in, I'm in Charlotte. So yeah, not too far from Atlanta. So yeah. That's what you told. That's what you told me. So how can you tell us that destroying property doesn't change anything? That people dying doesn't change anything when that's all y'all did the whole time? Y'all had a Spanish American War. You had three Seminole Wars. You had you had to take over the West. You murdered a whole group of people that already lived here. But you're telling me we got the march quiet. The man that was marching quiet, you murdered him, and now you're using his words against us to make us sit the fuck down. What are you saying? Yeah. Yeah, make that's sense. the truth right there. That's all I'm asking. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. They can't. It's not. It's not gonna make sense. No, you can't assassinate Martin Luther King and then tell us and then use his words to make us sit the hell down somewhere. Uh uh-uh. uh. No 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 no. You playing the game backwards at that point. Yeah yeah. And you think we're stupid, and that's what I don't appreciate. You think we're stupid. You think we don't understand. Did y'all? Did you see people arguing with Bernice King on Twitter? I didn't see that. No, Girl, I did not see that. Wild. She was like, how are y'all asking? To... She was like, how are y'all asking for nonviolent protests when y'all assassinated my father? Oh, wow. Now that's a mic drop moment right there. I did not see that. Wow. I assassinated my father who was protesting nonviolently. And then it was all these white people arguing with her. Yeah. And another comic, I know Hari Kondabolu sent it to me and he was like, mm-hmm. you are never going to believe what's happening. And I was like, are y'all arguing? 
are these white people arguing with Martin Luther King? Wow. Like, yeah. Like, America's the reason I grew up without a father. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, I want to go home. I want to go home. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Y'all are wild. You can't say nothing. Jeez. If you can sit up and argue with Martin Luther King's daughter about mm. the current... I'm out. I'm out. I'm going home. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a done moment right there. No, yeah, just be done. Yeah, that's home. y'all are wild. I can't. I tap out. I'm gonna go home. Mm-mm. Yeah, I tap. No, nope, I'm good. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. Y'all are wild. But yeah, yeah, I got yeah, I got nothing after that. Yeah, that pretty much that's pretty much a mic drop moment right there. Yeah, I mean she wasn't wrong, and I'm just like, are y'all really? Are they really arguing with this? You know what? Let me get off this here. Let me um go charge my y'all playing. Let me get off this here Twitter. Yeah, I can't believe they were actually arguing with her. That's unbelievable. Yes, because it was the whole, like, there are definitely people that I am no longer friends with after uh, all of the protests that started in June. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. So there were three, three black people got murdered. So Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Maude Aubrey, and you're telling me that they don't have a right to yeah, let me stop talking to you. How come you're not saying anything? Well, I posted, you know, the black square and I lost three followers. Okay. And what? So. Hmm. I mean, this is true though, because these, these protests brought out a lot of stuff. I, I, I agree with, yeah. I feel like you definitely lost a lot of Twitter, a lot of IGP. Cause yeah. I mean, it was, that's what somebody said to me. I wasn't paying attention. Y'all I've been on this day one. Yeah, so this ain't no new information for what I'm talking about. So if you quit following me, you should have quit following me a long time ago. Because I'm definitely putting right, true. trans right, gay right. Like you, you unfollowing me. If this made you unfollow me, then you weren't following me before. But I do know, you know, I do have white friends who are just like, I posted the black square and people stopped, you know, and I lost followers. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You're friends with me. So... And honestly, I don't think the black square was enough. So if you really want to know what's happening, because you didn't say nothing else. Yeah. You posted your little black square cute. Great. And yeah. what else did you do? That's a good point. Cause those things were that was everywhere. And I was I was thinking the same thing. Great. Did I you, mean, you donate? know did you, did you do Yeah, something? did you yeah? Did you donate? Yep. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Whatever. I don't believe these folks half the time anyway. So <laughs> well, I love I love being invited to your TED Talk on history. Thank you very much. Well, you know, girl, listen, I'm just here to just, you know, educate, uh, commiserate, celebrate. Um, and it's just it it's always bothered me how people just get we forget things very quickly. It's oh yeah, we definitely forgetting. Yeah, oh yeah. They'll forget that real quick. Yep. Every, you know, and it's, it's interesting. Like if you go back and look, like just go back and look and see how many black senators there were in Congress right after slavery was abolished and how many there are now. If you look Mm -hmm. back that when you talk about, when people talk about these Confederate statues, a majority of them did not go up after the civil war because the civil war was a act of treason. Most of them went up and most of these Southern states got their state flags and put the rebel flag on it. People say Confederate flag and the Confederate flag, the Confederate States of America and the Confederate flag you see is two completely different flags. But because that was actually for a regiment of the Confederate army. But 
most of those states that had the flag on there, that did mm-hmm. not happen till the civil rights movement. So these statues, they haven't been up this whole time. They've been up since the 60s, in the 50s. That's how long they've been up. Yeah. It's not that you were, you know, you weren't commemorating these brave men afterwards, like right after. No, it was, oh, black people want to do what? Hey, man, put that flag on that flag. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's foolishness. Like, just tell me, but you know, America has a time. But the question is, where can we go? Mm, There you go. That is the question. Can we leave? Where can we go? Because what I didn't like is when they were showing all the protests, like they're having protests in, you know, Tokyo and Australia and, you know, and. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. And all these other places, but they never told us anywhere on the entire continent of Africa that they were having protests about us. Until the president Hmm. of Ghana popped up and was like, hey, this is not okay, And we're going to be supporting anybody who looks like us. They didn't tell yeah. us about anywhere in the Caribbean or Latin America that was having protests. I had a friend in Puerto Rico. They were protesting in Puerto Rico. They didn't tell us that. Yeah, I definitely didn't. Yeah, I didn't hear that. They didn't tell us Man, they were protesting Kenya. They protest, like, I think I saw there was protests in Kenya. I think I saw there was protests in Nigeria. They didn't tell us that. So you made sure that I knew that people that looked like me in other parts of the world weren't being supportive. That's what you did. Mm. Because that was my first thing. I was like, because that's how I was like, there's no way. Right. That on that entire continent. And I don't even know why I cared that much. And I was like, Jesus, there has to be somebody. Somebody has to care. Somebody that we're genetic. We still, we look like y'all. So you cannot tell me. That somebody on an entire continent does not care about the people that was stripped from their country, that was stripped right. off the continent, and now we're being murdered by the authorities. Somebody has to give a fuck. And then yeah. I, up and I was like, oh, there are multiple places. Why is this not on? Our- Why are they not telling us this? Because you want us to think that we're people that are live where we come from don't care about us. That's my... I. Thank you. I am glad there are people in Japan protesting, but at the end of the day, that doesn't affect me. That doesn't move me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many layers to this and what we're dealing with right now that it's it's unbelievable. Because everything, everything that you're saying is just like things that run in and out of your mind like every day. And you're wondering, you're like, is there anybody that cares that we don't get this? We're not getting these messages. Anybody that's, or, you know, is there actual change going on when we're like, when you said like there's people posting all those black squares where there's, where there are enough people donating, are people realizing how important they need to go vote? Mm-hmm. You know, like all of these, there's just so many things that are just hitting every day. And you're just like, are people paying attention? Do they notice? And it's just like, I, I don't know why for me, I just needed to know. I just like. Because there were like three guys who had done like a mural of George Floyd and literally like a bombed out. The, the building was so bombed out. There was only like a small piece of it still standing in Syria. Mm. Yeah. They did a mural of George Floyd on this piece of building that was left on rubble. And I was like, they get it. Yeah. Yeah. Their government is doing They get it. So I was like, I cannot believe 
on the entire continent of people we are related to, descended from. We have we have the same ancestors. No one. And I looked and I was like, oh, they don't want us to know. That has yeah. to be what it is. You don't want us to know. But at the same time, you don't want us to know that there are beautiful, that Lagos is a real city. They still want us to think how they would tell us how the entire continent of Africa is. It's one country and everybody live in a hut. Yeah. That's how you want yeah, it. They don't, they don't want that. They don't want certain truths revealed. And I think we're slowly, as these protests keep going, as we're in this time period right now, because a lot of this stuff should have happened, should have been a revelation way earlier, obviously. But I think it's it's that time right now. I feel like there's no going back on some of this stuff. I mean, you have to think about it was a perfect storm. It's we yeah. wouldn't have had the level of protest that we have if so many people weren't at work. And yep. also, we are all afraid right now. We're all afraid. And this was like, we're still heavy lockdown. The whole world is afraid of something mm-hmm. that's microscopic that can kill them. I can't even see this threat. And then it's black and brown people, black and, black and brown people are dealing with a very visible threat at the so yeah. Not only are we all afraid of this, then it's, I still got to deal with this nonsense. Yeah. It's, a, I, it's, it's like a lot. Yeah. At one time. Yeah. And I think that's what made people who weren't, if they weren't sympathetic and empathetic before, I think that is what the catalyst was because it's, these are not people who lived in fear every day. Yeah. And these are not, and the thing is we are accustomed to, we know these videos are out there. We've had, we've said, but it was just like, there was something about this time that was the perfect storm of, it was kind of everybody in America just went, are you serious right now? Yeah. Yeah, because you had to really, like, it's in your face. Yep. Are we really doing this? Are y'all really doing this right now? Yep. Everyone's a fucking afraid to death. And y'all are still, it, it's, and I, and, I, I, and I didn't realize this until I was talking to like some of my white friends and they were just like, who has, to, we're all trying not to die. Who has time for this? And I was like, Hello, welcome. Nice to see you. Yeah. Nice yeah. to meet you. Welcome to America. Yep. This is what we've been telling you the whole time. We've been telling you this has been happening the whole time. But now it's because they're afraid. Yeah, people, yeah. Now, that's what I'm saying. Like, why? where is all this when we've been saying, like you said, we've been saying it for years. Where, I mean, why is because nobody listening to now? Because the people who could watch those videos and go, why didn't they comply? Mm, yeah. Were the same people who have never, who I can't speak for them, but because everyone has been so afraid for months and living on edge and you can't hug your family, you can't go anywhere, you have to stay in your house. We were all afraid at the same time and you couldn't do anything about it because you can't stop you couldn't stop it it went over it's a it hit the whole planet yeah this is something that's unstoppable i have no control over it and it can kill me 
Guess what? This is how black and brown people see the police. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. So when it hits in your world, it's like, oh, now let's listen. Let's pay attention. Yes. Now it's, oh, is this how y'all felt? Yes. The whole time we've been telling y'all that this is what the campaign is. But the importance of property has been always been placed over people in America. Mm. Property's always now, been now we're getting to it. Yeah. Yeah. When was property not more important than anything? We we were made property. Because my one of my friends, I think is uh is Professor Doye on uh Twitter. My friend Doye Travis, he's a comic. And mm. he was like. I mean, basically just to surmise his tweet was just like, you know, mainstream America is mad that black people are no longer property. And this is the way in the police are the way to control us, basically. Wow. Hmm. So there has to trying to find the tweet, but yeah, it has to be. Yeah, there has to be. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, it has to be. uh, I don't know. It's just so many things that it's just, it's very frustrating to put it just like mildly because there have been all of these factors for years systematic racism. There are so many things in this country that should have been took, that should have been, that were noted way early and nobody was paying any attention, like you said, until, okay, now we have COVID 19 on top of this. And well, you can't go anywhere. So it's like, oh, well, now let's look at this system that has been building in America for years. Well, yeah. And then the other thing is you mainstream America got to see their government lie to them yeah. and endanger their life. Yeah. That's what you saw. Yeah. I mean, that's the pretty much the whole, that pretty much sums it up right there. Yeah. So you saw them endanger your life. You saw them, they told you not to put them, they said you didn't need it. When does that make sense? I fly with a mask on so I don't get sick. Yeah. So why, when another illness comes up, then all of a sudden this isn't a method of protection. Well, if this wasn't a method of protection from an illness, then why do doctors wear masks? Why on a re- why do doctors and nurses and dentists and anyone in the medical field wear masks? Yep, for long periods because of hours that everybody else is complaining about. Right, it's like, well, you're only supposed to wear them when you're sick. How the hell does that make any sense? Yep. That means that the only time you've ever seen a doctor, if a doctor's performing surgery with a mask on, it's because he's sick? If a doctor's talking to a patient with a mask on, that's because he's sick? Or is it because they talk to six people because they're doctors? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm just like, yeah. I, all I can tell people is that y'all need to pay attention to wash your hands and wear your mask and stop just coming up with things. You know, like there's some people talking about, oh, I can't breathe. And uh, this and there's, they make comfortable masks that are appropriate for you to wear. Everybody just wear your mask. I mean, that's all. I mean, that's the bottom line. It was, I mean, I know I grew up very much being told to wash my hands all the time. So, 
Yeah. So I yeah, that's another thing I don't understand people were having issues with. I was like, so y'all weren't washing your hands before or I mean, we're also dealing with people who don't wash their legs. So what are we supposed to do? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, there is that whole thing, you know. So yeah, I guess if you don't wash your legs, I guess you don't wash your hands. But you know, you guys wash something. I I don't I, I really know what to say about that one. I'm ridiculous. I'm rambling. What other questions did you have? Because I know I kind of took over because I just been the thing about podcasting during a quarantine girl is you just get to talking and your brain starts like, ooh. Whatever. I mean, that's also what happens when you get two podcasters together. Because usually when you have a sometimes when you have a different kind of guest that's not used to this game, that's not new to the game. Mm-hmm. they'll they'll like kind of you know it's like that okay well let me just do the question let me do the answer and i'm done podcasters i feel like already know that you want that conversation you got to get that you got to get those juices flowing got to get people in there so i mean i appreciate it i appreciate you hanging out with me this long i was like oh lord she gonna have to she gonna have to dip and we have a guy to any of her animated animated stuff oh yeah um i'm on a cartoon called the great north i play a character called honeybee um the cutest name ever Yes, my I'm um, engaged. Uh, my fiance on the show. His name is Wolf. Um, what? Oh yeah, man, we can out scoop right now. The show is set in a town in, I think it's a fictional town in Alaska called Lone Moose. And so, um, I play the fiance. Um, and the really fun part about playing her was, you know, they let us have, like, when we get the scripts, we get to like riff and play on it. Um. And also, when they were designing the character, they asked for my input on the character. Ooh, I like that. So, so what know, was your what were some of the top things you had on your list? Um, I was just saying, like they had her, like they would. She was a curvy girl, but I was like, you know, make her waist a little wider just to make her proportions a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Um, and then they had her hair, where it was kind of like it was like kind of like straight at the top, and it was curly at the bottom. And I was like, just give her an afro. Scare an afro. They're like, well, how should we draw it? I was like, you see my hair? They're like, yeah. They're like, draw an outline of my hair. Boom. Done it. Yep. So um, I would wear an, a flower in my afro a lot. And so when we came to the first table read, so it was the first time, a table read is the first time, it's like when you read the um the script with the whole cast. Yeah. So when we did the first table read, that was the first time I really got to see her done. And they did the afro with the flower in her hair. And I was like... <laughs> I feel like that's how you that's how you talk when you have a character named Honeybee. I just can't get over how cute this is the cutest name ever. Like, what is a cuter name than Honeybee? Ah, uh, Lady. Or a character where you're t- <laughs> What'd you say? Ladybug. Oh, Ladybug. Yeah, that is pretty cute. That's pretty cute. I mean, we just need a an animated show and we'll just have you name all the characters we find. Yeah. Cute, cute. <laughs> oh, so tell us. Okay, give us some more of the inside scoop into into voice acting for you. What is the most challenging part for you? Because I know you're having to do a lot of this recording and everything at home, right? Um, sometimes the most challenging, honestly, is like other than like technical issues. Yeah, it's um. Sometimes it's like when you think you nailed it and the director goes, okay, again, but can you do it like this? And you're like, yes. And you do it and you think you nailed it. And they're like, okay, like that. And you're like, they don't like that. But can we? And then you do it again. And they're like, okay, great. And I'm like, nope. I'm, you just know when you're about to do it again. And sometimes after a certain point, you're like, I've said this seven times. How did I not get it any of those times? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's one of the hardest parts where it's just like, 
it's it's just sometimes you just have to feel it. You're like, all right, well, let me try it this way. Let me try it this way. And it's like an interpreting because like the director knows how they want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of have to get them to like, it's like someone describing a painting to you. It's like someone describing a painting to you. Yeah. And you have to recreate that painting. Mm. And so they know what they're looking for and you are you have to just, all right, I need to be able to understand this picture that they want. So, yeah. you know, it's like them, it's like them describing a painting to you and you're already working on it. It's like, okay, I thought I was drawing trees. I'm drawing a bowl of fruit. Okay, a bowl of fruit. Got a bowl of fruit. Bowl of fruit. Well, actually with this bowl of fruit, I'd like to see some pineapples. Okay, I thought... Cool, cool, cool. Let's throw some pineapples in here. All right. Well, I'm looking really for more like citrus fruits. Pineapples are not a citrus fruit, but okay. Let's try this this way. So it's all, it's very much you have to learn to. There's a flexibility that you have to have and a flexibility in your voice that you have to have. And also now I want fruit. I want a whole fruit bowl. Like I hear you. Know. I've also learned that throat coat tea is ah, amazing. What? Okay. Legit. I thought it was a con job. And then my doctor told me, like, I went to, um, I was having issues with my voice. Well, I was having issues with my throat because I got sick. And this very fancy uh, doctor told me, and I knew he was fancy because he didn't take insurance. Um, Oh, there you go. Fancy. Fancy, girl. He had all these celebrities and stuff on his walls and stuff. I was like, cool, 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 cool. All right. So he was with Rihanna at the Grammys. Okay. He ain't playing. Um, Nice. There you go. Yeah, and I was like, I didn't know. And then, and then I found out how he was at Rihanna with the Grammys because, you know, he don't take no insurance. So like, he put a camera down my throat and I would just think it was in my throat. I was like, oh, how much is this going to cost? Um, But he got me all wrapped up. But he told me to start drinking that throat coat. And I was like, damn. I thought it was a yeah. fun job. It actually works. It's actually really good for you. Well, I'm glad. A bunch of it. And I was like, wait, this is real? And he was like, yes. And I was like, oh. I thought this was one of those con job teas. Just <laughs> Don't say so you always checking people out. So you gotta do that though. You gotta make sure. You gotta make sure you got all the information. Listen, my friend was like dry throat coat. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, sure. I'm sure this other tea that they got for it's like, oh yes. Like they have that ballerina tea, that hair growth tea, that pregnancy tea. Yeah, I'm sure all of these fucking it's just Lipton. You won't hit me. Um <laughs> that's just me being suspicious. Hey, sometimes you got to be suspicious. I'm just saying. That's, oh. You know what? We That's what we're going to take away from this episode. Be suspicious. Ask questions. Always there you suspicious. Go. Always suspicious. Yeah, you have to. I love that little song. Um, All right. So are yeah, you, are you, do you want to tease anything, any other animated stuff before we, before we go out? Cause you know, you got to give us all the plugs. Let us know. Um, a lot of people say I'm on the daily show every night. I'm not, I'm, I'm on it when I'm on it. Uh, and that is all right there you go home. no write it down people um i you keep watching i'll pop up um and then uh the show 10 things you don't know i'm doing the voiceover for that oh uh, yep uh my podcast that black ass show comes out every <laughs> Wednesday. actually one came out today i was talking to uh marina franklin about the movie cooley high Ooh, there you go. And Something else to add to your watch list. 
Yes, and then the, the cartoon, we're actually starting the second season soon. Um, the first season should be coming out next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, everything, you know what? Everything's popping off in uh, 2021. Well, it's a cartoon, so they have to draw it, uh, I think is one of the reasons that it's coming. Ah, got you. Okay. Is they still, you have to record all the audio first. Mm-hmm. So then you know how to match the, uh, so they had to record all the audio for all the season, for the whole season, and now they have to draw the whole season. But you have to record the audio so they know how, what to make the mouths do. <laughs> wow, look at that. Man, don't say you have so many facts right now. I like you just, you can help. just like, we, I feel like we need a whole other podcast where you just to deliver all of your just, just don't say isms. I'm just making up stuff, but that's, you know, that's what you're going to, that's what you need a whole podcast for. I had to learn, friend. I didn't know how it worked because they're just like, when you hear about Disney movies, you're just like, oh yeah, like like TV shows, like oh yeah, you take a like I guess they take the man hours and lay it out over a year, but it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah, it could take a year to draw an episode. And I'm like, but a new episode come out every week, so that don't even make no sense. But then you realize they're just talking about the hours, and you were a child and don't get it. Um, <laughs> oh, that break that that thing. I got a perfect I got a perfect rap question since you just mm-hmm. brought this up. You got to give us your favorite animated movie. I mean Disney, Pixar. I'm just gonna name all of them. Why you think? <laughs> what's my favorite animated movie? Ah, what's the animated movie I love to watch? Damn it! Or I mean, you could always go when you're younger watching Nickelodeon if that helps. I don't know if that helps or not. There is a movie that I did love that me and my brother used to watch growing up. Uh, that came out in 1971. Um with Angela Lansbury called Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. And it's so they would mix, it was kind of like Mary Poppins where they would mix like animation with like live action. Yeah. Um, love that movie. My favorite movie of all time is Karina Karina. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, I don't know why. It just is. Maybe because I grew up watching TBS and that movie was on all the time. Uh, <laughs> what's my favorite? And I can tell you my favorite cartoon growing up was DuckTales. No, not DuckTales. Darkwing Duck. Oh, okay. Mm, what's it? Give me names of animated... I mean, I guess if I need names of animated movies, I guess I don't have one. Now, my... Well, mine is Incredibles. And, well, first it'll be Lion King, then it'll be Incredibles. I don't know if I saw the Incredibles. I saw the Incredibles. Um, I did like... Uh, <laughs> I, uh... I went on a date a couple years ago and he wanted to see that baby driver movie. And I was like, no, we're going to go see the, uh, Despicable Me 3. Yes. Yeah. Despicable. I don't, hey, y'all don't sleep on Despicable Me. Them movies are good. The don't movies sleep on are good. The minions are hilarious. I love them little guys. Hilarious. Like, I just want to get away in life where I don't have to say much. I just do whatever and then just go laugh about it. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, like, what was my favorite? There is my, okay. I can tell you my favorite animated movie made in movie was as a kid, but I can't find it. There was this movie called The Halloween Tree that oh, okay. I really liked. That I would only, I mean, it came out like in the early, like the was like the middle, like mid to late nineties. Um, and it was like a holiday movie. And then uh, I love Garfield. I always had Garfield birthday cakes. Um, but there was this movie that came out. We'd only and I saw it like when I was really little. Called, like I don't think it was like the Animal Olympics or something like that. Like I guess hmm. I was like obscure stuff as a kid, but I cannot find this thing 
anywhere. But it was basically just a movie about like if animals went to the Olympics. And it's just Oh, well you got to when you find this, you got to send me a link or something. I need to see this. Yeah, I've never been able to find this movie. I only I mean, this is one of those movies where it was like you went you rented it from the library, not uh, oh, you going deep? Well, you can still rent from the library. I don't know. Maybe you can still rent movies from the library. Oh, wait. I just it's the, it's called the Analympics. Oh, Analympics. There you go. Well, Boom. Well, I know yeah. I'm about to be looking up after we after we done with this recording. Yes, it was the Analympics, and it came out in 1980, and it's actually on Prime. Ah! I, oh, wow. I this is the first time I've ever Googled this and found it. Every other time I found it, it's been like. Lady, what are you talking about? What did you just make up? But one of my favorite ones is like, it's this uh, female cheetah and like this goat. They're in this race. And while they're running, they're like falling in love. So yeah, I always love this. Uh, <clears throat> I always love this movie. So oh, man. I don't you know why. That's, that, that's like way too much for my watch list. I'm not even done with the first half of my list. Oh, girl. And I haven't even said nothing about these Korean dramas that I like. Ah. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh my! I thought we were talking about that, but I was just like, I don't know if this is too obscure. Also, I don't speak Korean, and I know. Oh yeah, but I didn't want to be like butchering people's names. Yeah, see the name. That's what I was gonna say. The names would be the hard part because I would be interested to know. But yeah, the name. Yeah, that would be hard. Yeah, the names. Yeah, because like one of my favorite actresses, I have. I only know how to say her last name. I don't know how to know how to say her first name. But if you do want to watch an amazing Korean drama, um, it's also in a mm-hmm. movie. It's called Wang Jinyi. And I love that show. And it was a great movie. And I think Empress Key, K-I, is on. I think it might still be on Hulu. If not, it's on Vicky. And that movie is a TV show. And girl, let me tell you something. If you want to, if you are feeling stressed out in this quarantine, I mean, yep. everything going on because we still back up. We are still on low key lockdown. If you're yep. yeah, we are. and anxious, I'm gonna tell you how you can alleviate that for a little bit. Tell Watch us. Watch a show with subtitles. Oh, now see that usually gets on my nerves, but it might work. I didn't think about that. Okay, the thing is, if you have subtitles on the language that you speak, it doesn't matter. If the yeah. whole TV show was in a different language, you have to watch, look, read the subtitles to know what's happening. That's true. Yeah. And then so you have to read the subtitles to know what's happening. And you have to pay attention because like if you look down, you will, if you look at your phone or something, for you'll miss a plot point. You always miss a plot point. So you have to look at the action on the TV of what's happening and read the subtitles because you don't know what they're saying. You can't think about anything else. That's how I decompressed my brain. If I'm on the road a lot, I was on the road a lot, and now through all of this, I'm like, all right, I need a new drama to watch because your girl is having a is having a time right now. But yeah, that's well, you I just help you just help me through my time right now. So we gotta we gotta try to figure out what what else we can add to your Korean dramas to uh, help you while you out on the road. <laughs> oh yeah, they're great. That and uh, Korean dramas are a game changer because it's it's also really nice because like they'll fall in love. And it'll take like four episodes for them to just hold hands. Oh man. See, there you go. Let's see. That's how you need to be in a relationship. I'm just saying some people need to learn how to slow down. Just some people. I'm just saying. Just like a, like, it's like, oh yeah. Oh, y'all falling in love. Oh, okay. 
all right. <laughs> like y'all ain't just like hanging out. Like, oh, y'all falling in love, love? Okay, 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 okay. Okay. <laughs> Nobody ever has sex the time. Y'all have like a kiss and it's so intense. They're just girls that just be looking at each other and then they be holding hands and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, they, okay, okay this is like legit. Like they gonna get like, yeah, married, they married, married. Based right. on, based on how they holding hands. That's how you know. It took three episodes for them to even do that. Oh yeah, he tried. They get to know each other. They hanging out. They look longingly at each other, but don't even like no smooching, no hand. Oh they. Oh yeah, they're falling in love. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> All right. So basically, what I just heard is that you're coming back to do a whole episode on Korean dramas. I have to listen. I saw some article that was just like black women are really into Korean dramas, and I did not know that until a girl messaged me the other day. She's like, my seventy eight year old mother loves Korean dramas. I don't know what it is, but I, cause I look at like different stuff online and it's just like, we into them. They're just good. Like the acting is good. Also, there's always some man crying. Ooh. And I love seeing a man cry. There you go. See over a woman. He loved cause he thought he, she, he thought he was good. Like they thought they were going to be together. And then he like, Oh, I messed up. Cause I said something wrong to her and now I might lose her forever. And now I'm crying. And I'm like, yes, Cry! Ah! Whoa, with the with the passion though. Girl, like it just it just turned up like a couple degrees right now. Oh girl, I'm shaking my fist at my house. I'm so excited about it. Like, yes, be sad. You did hurt her. Apologize. Ah! I'm very excited. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, do you guys see why she had to be on this episode? I mean, come <laughs> on now. We literally, like, I literally feel like we still don't have enough time. And we've been on this for like an hour 26. And I feel like we do not have enough time. I just feel like there's still more to talk about. Yeah, that's why my uh, podcast is always like an hour and a half. Because I'm just like, I mean, we're going to get to it. But, oh, 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 we could do this, though. Uh Uh-oh, what we doing? Since you are a fan of my podcast, thank you very much, friend, for listening. Oh, yeah. You know what we have to do, don't we? What we doing? What we doing? We have to do a black-ass confession. What? Oh, my gosh. I get the, okay. Let's do it. Let's you do it. You have to do a black ass confession. So for those of you who have not listened to that black ass show, every episode I ask my guests a black ass confession. And so this is a black TV show, movie play, or uh, that they haven't seen, or a thing in black culture that they cannot do. My examples are always that I have never seen Baby Boy or Baby's Kids, and I don't plan to. Don't email me. I'm not watching it. And I uh, don't really know how to play space so friend friend that's a that's yeah what is your black i don't i don't know how to play space either but i'm trying to think of something else good because i know there's some movies out there i probably haven't seen i'm trying to think Mm, man that's a good question what oh you weren't prepared for this friend you knew i was gonna do it to you I know you. I know you was gonna do it to me. See, I need to like. I basically need a whole list of black movies right now that I just need to Google because I have seen Baby Boy. But let's see. I'm just about to. I'm about to try to kill time because I need to Google this real quick. Let's see. Let's see. Have you seen Harlem Nights? I've seen Harlem Nights. Um. Let's see. There's Harlem Nights. There's uh some. Let's see. My mind just went blank. Uh, what's the other one? Have you seen Delirious? Have you seen... No, I haven't seen Delirious. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, right now I'm literally on Google trying to look at all these black movies, trying to see which one. 
let's see, Drumline, The Wood. I've seen, I've seen both of these. Just said it was delirious. Yeah, it was. It is delirious. I was trying to, I was trying to add to your list, but yeah, we'll just go delirious. We'll go to delirious. And have you seen? Uh, so you haven't seen Delirious. Um, have you seen Raw? Mm-mm. Nope. There you go. That's another one. I haven't seen it. Okay. So you haven't seen Delirious and you haven't seen Raw. Okay. Listen. What's mine? What's mine? What's mine? Wait. Do I have to do one? No. This is your podcast. I don't have to do one. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want. I do want to know why you won't watch Baby Boy though. Oh, girl, listen, life is short, and <laughs> I don't want to say life is short. I would say you are alive as, as long as you as, as long as the Lord permits it, okay? Um, yes, yeah. My time is finite, meaning that it will come to an end at some point, and I do not want to spend my time on this planet watching Tyrese attempt to act. I won't do it. I can't. Ooh. I can't. Now, I have heard that Taraji P. Henson and Ving yeah. Rams are amazing in this film. No, 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 no. This isn't a film. This is a movie. So, I will be glad to take a supercut of all of Taraji P. Henson's things. <laughs> and I I'm surprised can... if they will have it on YouTube, though, actually. I'm surprised it's not. Also, have I looked? No. So, I've absolutely... Well, look. Don't say look. Mm-mm. Friend. Let me live. Let me listen. I've always interested that people always campaign. So they're like, baby, why is it? I was like, before it used to be people being upset that I haven't seen Baby's kids. And now people are upset that they. Oh, well, here, I'll help you out. I have not seen Baby kids. I have not seen it. I think I wasn't allowed to watch it because my mother said it was too grown for me. Mm, okay. I don't know. I'll have to ask. I don't know if my parents banned me or not. Or I just didn't. It just didn't come up on my radar. I mean, I missed it. You know, certain stuff I just wasn't going to get. But yeah, so. But yeah, I'm not. Now, listen, I'm not starting a campaign for Baby Boy. If I was going to start a campaign, it'd be Fast and Furious. But that's a whole other podcast. I, I wouldn't start a campaign noticed, for Baby Boy. Listen, have you noticed that as the Fast and Furious movies progressed, they they gave Tyrese less and less lines? Yeah. And now he wants more lines. Pay attention, friend. They gave the man. They won't let him talk. Oh, man. I didn't do that. Are you sure, though? Because you, you're, you're going hard on the campaign right now. They've, they did seven or eight of them movies before I even started my podcast. Okay. They oh knew. dang! Yep, you gotta see if you're gonna get technical about it. You mm. just gotta. Oh, girl, I'm always always about facts and figures. So yes, friend. <laughs> that is well. Don't say. Listen, listen. We need a rap because you make. See, you pulling stuff out of me now. Okay, I was trying to rap. I was trying to get my little. My, put my shows in it. I haven't seen. I, you had to do it though. You had to. Do I it. mean, I had to. I had to. But you about to pull me in again. You about to pull me in because there's so many things I need to ask you. But in size, get ready to go again. It's because I ramble, girl. It's as I understand, but you had to do a black act. You listened to the show. You had to have one. Yeah, I had to have that moment. It, it had to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up because I would have been mad at myself. I would have literally went back and listened. It was like, well, why she didn't ask me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know your heart, friend. I know your heart. I appreciate that. Well, thank you for hanging out with me. This has been so much fun. You don't even know. Needed the break. Needed the laughs. Oh, yay. Thank you so much.
All right, y'all. So y'all remember, wear your mask, stay safe. Stay safe. And I will talk to y'all later. Yep, stay safe. Bye. <laughs> the Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify. <laughs>